0: coming up now and established in the faith so here he is now making his way back in this great caravan with eight million dollars of silver and gold but the most valuable thing among all of it was the two mules carrying those containers of dirt You have your bibles this morning would you turn with me please to the book of second kings the book of second kings chapter 5 second kings chapter 5 we're going to pick it up in verse 15 today second kings 5 verse 15 And Naaman returned to the man of God, he and all of his company, and came and stood before him, and he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But Elisha said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. And Naaman urged him to take it. But Elisha refused. And Naaman said, Shall there not then, I pray thee, be given to thy servant two mules burdened of earth? For thy servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice unto other gods, but unto the Lord. And I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, two mules burdened of earth. Two mules burdened of earth. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before your throne of grace today, and I thank you for this opportunity to stand before the people and to minister your word. I thank you for every person that's under the sound of my voice today. Lord, I realize that there are many needs out there, and I only have words today. Lord, first of all, this morning, I ask you to forgive me of anything I may have done in your presence that was not pleasing to you. Lord, forgive me of anything that may hinder the moving of your spirit in this service today. Lord, I ask that you anoint me today to rightly divide the word of truth. Lord, may your word go forth today and hit the target. Lord, may your word go forth today and accomplish that for which you would have it. And Lord, we are careful to give you praise and glory. Anoint you people today to hear and receive of your word, Lord, that we all might be drawn a little closer to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. The healing of Naaman the leper is one of the greatest miracles recorded in the Word of God. Jesus made mention of it in the synagogue one day. And it typifies it was a foreshadow of the gospel going forth to the Gentile world. And in his message that day, it didn't set too well with the Jews that were sitting there. They got so mad with him. They were ready to thrust him headlong off the brow of the hill. But he miraculously passed through their midst and went on some other places. But this story of Naaman, it all started when a group of soldiers, a company of the Syrian soldiers, took away captive a little maid out of the land of Israel, and she became a servant in the house of Naaman. And she spoke to his wife one day and said, I wish that Naaman were with the prophet that is in Israel, for he will heal him of his leprosy. Her testimony reached the ears of the king of Syria. And her testimony would affect this great miracle. Don't think today that your testimony is insignificant, and it doesn't matter. There's no telling what your testimony may do, what it may accomplish. The king sent Naaman away to the king of Israel with a letter, and over $8 million worth of silver and gold to pay for his healing when the king of Israel received the letter and read it, he rent his clothes, the Bible says. He said, am I God? I can't heal this man of his leprosy. This this man's trying to start a war with me. And when Elisha heard that The king of Israel had rent his clothes. He sent a message saying, send him to me. And Naaman pulls up at the house of Elisha. But he didn't get the special treatment that he thought he should get. There was no red carpet. Elisha didn't even come out of the house to greet him. And you say, well, why is that? First of all, God is no respecter of persons. Nobody gets special treatment with God. We all have to come the same way. God has the same, the same answer, the same way for the rich man, the poor man, the white man, the black man, the Hispanic man. God has, has one way. For everybody. And this current administration is passing laws trying to make everything equal for everybody. And things are more unequal today than it's ever been. But let me tell you today, when it comes to God, all the ground is equal at the cross. God has one way for everybody. Had God said, if you give me a dollar, you can be saved. There's somebody today in this world that don't have a dollar. If God had said, give me one push-up, I'd be in hell. But God said in his word, if you will place your faith in my son, Jesus Christ, and believe that I have raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Faith, 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 one way. There's always been one way, through and by the sacrifice. God is no respecter of persons. But Naaman had another problem, and it was worse than leprosy. It was pride. Pride. You don't hear a lot of preaching on pride. You see, the church gives awards for pride. Pride. If you come to Sunday school, every Sunday, you might get a certificate for attendance. When little children come to Sunday school and they ain't missed a Sunday. We'll give them a little something, whatever the case. You hearing me? Pride. Pride is a deadly thing, ladies and gentlemen. Pride is what caused Lucifer to fall, the most beautiful angel that God ever created. Pride. Pride cometh before fall. And God help us today, our whole country right now, celebrating Pride Month. With the LGBTQ. Let me tell you this. It's one thing to sin against God. It's another thing altogether when you sin and you're proud of it. Are you you hearing me? Pride. It stinks in the nostrils of God. It reminds him of what Lucifer did way back there in the eons of the past. Pride. There's no place for it in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, if you don't humble yourself as a little child, you shall in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. Every single one of us are sinners on our way to hell. Every single one of us are. And that's nothing to be proud of, ladies and gentlemen. We all need to repent This needs to be a month of repentance, not a month of pride. All right. Elisha sent a messenger out of the house. Folks, you and I are the messengers today. Do you hear me? You and I are the messengers today. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I thought you were praying for salvation of souls, y'all were praying for the cricket crawling across the floor. Please don't let the preacher stand on that step on that. It's gonna be a loud crunch and they're gonna hear it over the radio and <laughs> Preaching the gospel to every creature this morning. Alright. <laughs> Elisha sends a messenger out of the house. God has sent you and I today with a message. But we got to get it out of the house, folks. How many of you have heard about the 301 flea market? The yard sale? Dan and I went up and down a stretch of it yesterday. Those of you listening by radio, it'll be a few weeks before you hear this, so it will have been a month ago, whatever the case. But Dan and I got out there, and we went to several different places. We rode by a number of churches, and there was no activity. Church... Every single one of those people that were out at the yard sale, 100 mile stretch of yard sales, every one of those people that were out yesterday were looking for something. Are you hearing me? They were looking for something. And, sir, you're not going to find it on a table. You're not going to find it in a booth. You're not going to find it hanging over here, a little doodad gadget or bobble. You're not going to find it there. What you're looking for in your soul is God. And church, you and I have the message that can save their souls. But not one church that we went by yesterday had its doors open. No chicken plate sales. Nobody's selling anything. I'm not saying they want churches that were participating in it. I didn't see any. But what a great opportunity for the people to have been out there. Not to sell trinkets and baubles and gadgets and whatever. But to give the gospel of Jesus Christ to this lost and dying world. We have a message. That has to get out of the house. I thank God for the radio stations he's given us. I pray that God give us more. And whatever way that we can to get this message out to the world. The messenger came out of the house and stood before Naaman and said, Go wash in Jordan seven times and thy flesh will come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. The Jordan River typified Calvary. The Jordan River was muddy. It was messy. It wasn't like the other rivers that were in Syria that were a lot cleaner. But it typified Calvary. Calvary was a messy place. It was a bloody place. It was a painful place. But let me tell you, Calvary was the place where the people can still go today and be touched and healed and cleansed and made anew. Are you hearing me today? When well, Naaman heard that message, if you look there in verse twelve, the Bible says he was wroth. He turned and went away in a rage. A lot of folks get mad today when you tell them. That Jesus Christ is the only way. And they really get mad when they're full of pride. Sadly and regrettably, much of the modern church gets mad when you tell them that Jesus Christ is the only way. People get mad when you preach the gospel. I think that's a lot of reason why a lot of people don't get out here and share their faith any more than they do. Well, they think everybody's going to be all right. The gays and lesbians, they're saved. The president saved. Everybody's saved. Well, if they believe in Allah and follow the Quran, they'll, they'll be all right. God will honor that. No, he will not. Jesus said, "Few there be that find a way of life. Few there be." His servants talked to him. They talked, naming into it. They said, "Pretty much, what have you got to lose? If he told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? What have you got to lose?" So in verse 14, the Bible says that Naaman went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Second Corinthians 5:17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Not only was his flesh anew, but his his spirit was anew. He went down in the river. Thank God that river still flows today. There is a river that flows from God above. There is a fountain that's filled with his great love come to these waters there is a vast supply there is a river that never shall run dry glory to god that river still flows today The Jordan River typified Calvary. There was no healing power in the waters of Jordan. But when Naaman placed his faith in what the man of God said, and he dipped himself seven times, that was the word, seven times, Seven is God's number of completion, perfection, and universality. What Jesus Christ did at Calvary, it is a completed work. It was a perfect work. Are you hearing me today? It's a universal work. It's for everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Seven times. And his flesh came back on him like the flesh of a little child. Only the cross can make you new. He now stands before Elisha. This man who was an idol worshiper, a Syrian, born outside the covenant of Israel. He knew absolutely nothing about God he now stands before the great prophet Elisha. And he says, look at verse 15, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. At that time, each nation had its own God. It ain't like it is here in America at one time, our nation was founded on the Word of God, and people went to church on Sunday, and they worshiped God. But now you've got to be careful because you could say something that might offend somebody of another religion, and we've got to be all-inclusive. We've got to accept everybody. That's what the LGBTQ, they preach and teach. You've got to be all-inclusive and accept everybody, unless you're a Christian and you say Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Are you, are, you, are you getting this? Amen. Somebody was telling me the other week. Brother Nathan. I called him Daniel the other week. I'm liable to call him Roy the chug a choo choo for it's over with. But he was telling me the other week about how some people had visited his establishment and They had talked about a number of different things, and the subject of the schools was brought up. And he asked the question, what do you think about stuff being taught in schools? And the individual said, I believe our children need to be exposed to all kinds of thoughts and thinking. Is that right? I believe our children should be exposed to all thoughts and ideas. And the Holy Spirit told Brother Nathan, said, Well, ask him this. Well, then, you think the Bible ought to be taught in school, then? If you think all thoughts and ideas should be presented to the children, then what about the Bible? And this individual said, no, if we got to teach the Bible, just take it all out of the schools. See, but we're all inclusive today. we got to respect everybody, except when it comes to your faith in Jesus Christ. You can teach Allah, you can teach Buddha, you can teach this, that, whatever the case, but Jesus Christ is out. That's where we're at today. During that time, each nation worshipped its own god. Baal was the god of Phoenicia. Chemosh was the god of Moab. Remon was the god of Syria. Jehovah was the god of Israel. You get the idea. In the minds of many that day, Jehovah was just one of the gods above many gods but naaman said now i know there is no god in all the earth but israel naaman now recognizes jehovah as the one and only true god of all the earth do you see the miracle in that Not only did God heal this man of his leprosy, but he opened up his spiritual eyes to where he could see the true God of all the earth. What a miracle, ladies and gentlemen. And Naaman, he was so grateful. 2 Kings 5 verse 15, he said to Elisha, Won't you take a blessing of thy servant? Now I want you to get this now. He was standing there in front of Elisha with over $8 million in silver and gold. $8 million. That's in today's inflated economy. He was offering Elisha $8 million. (laughs) Folks, when you get saved, you want to give something back. Are you hearing me? You want to do something for the Lord. You want others out there to experience what you have experienced as it pertains to salvation. And folks that don't give to the work of God ain't experienced anything. If you're not giving to support the work of God, chances are you ain't saved. Is that any more clearer to you? Because when you get saved and you experience what I've got, you want the whole world to know about it. It's the greatest feeling in the world salvation and the Spirit of God flooding your soul. There's nothing like it. I don't have the words, I don't have the vocabulary to explain it to you today. It's something you've got to experience. And you're not going to experience it in a nightclub, you're not going to experience it in the bottom of a whiskey bottle. You're not going to experience it by smoking it up and blowing it out your nose or your ears or whatever, however you do it. You're not going to experience it with a needle in your arm, sir. The only way you can experience what I'm talking about is when you humble yourself before God and say, God, have mercy on my soul. Forgive me of my sins. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. And then this river of which I'm talking about will flood your soul and change your life. He was so grateful. Paul said in Romans 1 14, he said, I'm a debtor to the Greeks, the barbarians, the wise, the unwise. He said, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you there in, in Rome. When you get saved, you want to tell others about it, you want others to have what you have. The reason a lot of churches won't out there preaching the gospel yesterday because they ain't got anything. You ain't got anything. A lot of them, they really, they didn't need to be out there because they'd have done more harm to the work of God than they would have done good because a lot of the churches today they ain't preaching the word of god they ain't preaching the gospel of jesus christ and him crucified they're preaching psychology and how to be a better you it's all about building the church the reason a lot of churches won't out there selling chicken plates yesterday cause their pocketbook is full jesus said you are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing but jesus said you're poor miserable blind and naked That's the picture of the modern church today. Rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And what I'm preaching today, a lot of people are ashamed of it. Let me tell you, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God. Are you hearing me? It's the power of God. It's the only thing that can change your life. It's the only thing that can bring revival to the church. It is the only thing that can straighten out this nation today. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Elisha, verse 16. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 16. Listen to what he said now. The man is standing there with over eight million dollars in silver and gold. And Elisha said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. And Naaman urged him to take it, but he refused. Now, now, If you were standing there in Elisha's position, would you have taken the money? (laughs) I don't see no heads moving much either way because you don't know where I'm going with this. (laughs) If I say yes, I'm in trouble with the preacher. If I say no, I'm in trouble with the preacher. I'm condemned either way. But there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? So let me deal with this a little bit. Why wouldn't Elisha take the money? I mean, he had taken offerings in the past. But why not now? Why wouldn't he take the money now? this entire episode... Was meant by the Holy Spirit to be a type of the sacrifice of Christ, which afforded salvation to all mankind. Salvation can't be earned, it's all by faith. Had Elisha taken the money, it would have corrupted the type that the Holy Spirit was trying to portray. Are you getting this? But today, Jesus Christ has fulfilled all the shadows and types. Which means today, you and I can take the money. Make the check out to Friendship Church, (laughs) P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. And if you send your money here, we're going to use it to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Naaman asked, if you look there in verse 17, he asked for two mules, burden of earth. Now, why did he want these containers of dirt? I'll tell you why. In this short amount of time, Naaman realized that Jehovah was the one true God of all the earth. All the other gods were nothing. And he also knew that the land of Israel was God's land. And he wanted to be as close to God as As he could be. You see, when you truly get saved, you want to be close to the Lord. You want to be involved in the things of God. I don't understand people who say they're Christians and they don't want to go to church. Of course, if I went to some of the churches that some of you were going to, I probably wouldn't want to go there either. With all the bickering and fussing and fighting and complaining. and Oh Lord help me. See none of this is on my notes and I don't know where to go to from here. I done stepped in a pile now. And I'm barefooted. We ain't having foot washing today are we? Who wants to wash my feet today because I stepped in a pile right then. But a lot of churches it's a mess today people don't want to go to your church because you're all time bickering and fussing and fighting and they've got that at home why do they need to go and sit a bunch of munch of you and sit there fussing and fighting and complaining over what color the carpet ought to be God help us give us a dirt floor if we're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ I don't care I don't care if the carpet's black, if it's white, if it's blue, purple, polka dotted. I don't give two-bit pins what color the walls are as long as I can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and it can go forth out of those four walls. does not matter to me one way or the other. Whether it's a solid wood floor or carpet or whatever, I can stomp around on either one. It don't matter. We get caught up in a lot of things in church today. You know, the world out here, they're not going to read the Bible. But they read Christians. And the sermon that you preach with your life is more effective than any sermon you'll ever preach by opening your mouth. A lot of things get said, but how much gets done. He that has an ear, let him hear. A lot of people can talk a good talk, but when it comes to walking it out, we all stumble and fall it's a poor commentary when you hear a waitress tell you they hate sundays coming cuz that's when the church crowd comes in they're the meanest hatefulest don't 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 give any tip it's a sad commentary on the church folks Like I said a while ago, some some churches it would be better off for the kingdom of God if some churches would just shut down and close the doors, because they're doing the kingdom of God more harm than they are good. Naaman couldn't stay there in Israel. He had to go back to his master. He had to go back to Syria. He wanted to be close to the Lord. And as a child of God, you ought to want to be close to the Lord as well and have a desire to get closer to Him. But Naaman couldn't stay there in Israel. So he asked for two containers. I don't know, it might have been four containers, I don't know. But he wanted these containers of dirt to take with him back to Syria. Well, Brother James, what did he do with the dirt? Verse 17, he said, I'm not offering any more burnt offerings or sacrifices unto the gods or unto other gods, only unto the Lord. I got a feeling that when Naaman went home, he took that dirt and used it somehow to build an altar to the Lord. And he offered burnt offerings there upon that altar to the Lord. Well, you say, wait a minute, Brother James. Now, Moses was very strict in how these sacrifices were to be offered up. And Moses said that they were to be carried to the temple in Jerusalem and given to the priest and inspected. And and there was a lot of rules and regulations on how that was to be done. And Naaman's not going by the book, Brother James. You're getting off the book. But you got to remember this. All of those laws was for Israel. And Naaman was a Gentile. Are you getting this? And there's no record that Elisha reprimanded him in this no way, shape, form, or fashion. Naaman... Is now headed back to Syria. It's quite a large caravan. I can see it now in my mind's eye as they cross the desert going from Israel back to Syria. Camels and horses, mules, They're loaded down with silver and gold, $8 million worth of silver and gold because Elisha wouldn't take it because this great healing and gift that Naaman received was to portray the gospel. And the gospel is free. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. So here he is now making his way back in this great caravan with $8 million of silver and gold. But the most valuable thing among all of it was the two mules carrying those containers of dirt. What does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? All the money in the world is not going to buy you salvation. All the trinkets and gadgets and baubles in the world is not going to earn you salvation. And you can give everything you got, but all God's looking for is your faith today. Naaman wanted to be close to the Lord. He couldn't stay there in Israel so he took some of that dirt back with him because he knew that this was the land that God had chosen and placed His name upon. and He took it back with him. He wanted to be close to the Lord. And all of this portrayed the gospel going forth to the Gentiles and the formation of the church. There are two mules that you and I The church needs today two mules. One is carrying a burden for lost souls. The other is carrying a burden to be closer to the Lord.